from GP, ran to Tommy B, broadcasting live on your frequency, giving you updates on these Georgia streets, these are voices for the people that don't get to speak, issues, black news, the conversation's deep, shout out to Slick I'm Nick. going in on the beat, iPods, Androids, or your laptop, these boys swinging for the fence, saying lie, then came a long way from being homies on the block, from afros and braids, and now they at the top, you want facts, this is where I get them from, GP3, RTT, at gmail.com Send them feedback and they'll be sure to send a response I gotta go now, the show starts in 3, 2, 1 Welcome to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546 Follow us on iTunes Give us a 5 star Follow us on SoundCloud GP3 Homies from the Block And now, here's Ran and Tommy B GP3 Homies from the Block Hey, what's up y'all? That came out rough (laughs) what's going on hey what's up y'all round 99 gp3 what's going on another week another week another week what's up ran what's happening man how you doing today man i'm doing okay man i mean you know i'm not doing yard work brother so you know how that does on the um on the vocal cords you know (laughs) they're not a finely tuned instrument right about now so uh, hang, in, yeah. hang in here with me, man. Hey, man, do me a favor because, you know, we got a, a guest coming up and, um, you know, uh, Attorney Amon is hanging out with us. Uh, tell everybody the GP3 story. Okay. GP3 uh, started by three brothers, uh, all from the Grove Park community. That's what GP3 stands for, the three of us, Grove Park uh, community in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I'm Rand. Uh, I lived on uh, South Elizabeth Place. Uh, one of the, our member, Emerita Tut, he lived on Charlotte Place. And I was on North Avenue, Tommy B. Oh, yeah. So I know Iman knows about every place we're talking about, right, Iman? You there? Sure, I do. Mm-hmm. See, what you what you know about the ATL, Iman? No, I don't know about Grove Park, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, I moved to... Atlanta back in ninety six. Back in ninety six, okay. Until, yeah. Okay. So what what part of the what part of the ATL were you in? I was in Gwinnett. Okay, okay. She was in the new part. Well, that's not Atlanta. Come on, man. <laughs> All right, come on. Don't do that to me. That's 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 not in the Atlanta metropolitan area. Does that make you okay. feel better? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's just like people in Silver Spring saying I'm from DC. Come on. <laughs> You're in D- you're in DC now, right, um, Iman? Yes, I am. Excellent, excellent. So um, we we bring guests on other podcasts on often, and 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 you know we're really excited uh, that uh, a brand new podcast, uh, Raising the Bar Podcast, has uh, decided to come on. Uh, despite our reputation, she came on the show and. Uh, <laughs> All good, Iman. We appreciate you. She's in. Now, what part of D.C. are you in? Uh, right by Silver Spring. Right. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Rand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I will say Southeast, okay? <laughs> That's, I look, look, I wouldn't be ashamed to be from Southeast. Yeah. Because I was born and raised in Harlem, New York. There so you go. Oh, man. Some Harlem in the house. So, um, no Anacostia. Ain't no Anacostia moments. You, you, you know. Hey, has, has Anacostia, by the way, because I haven't been to D.C. in a long time, has it started to gentrify? 
Unfortunately, yes. And that's actually what my second episode is about, gentrification. Wow. So D.C. is definitely seen within the past 10 years, you know, extreme development. Okay. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let I'm going to let you tell everybody about your podcast. But, you know, I got to do something. Can I do something for the for the D.C. folks? Am just a little bit? Sure. All right. Don't freak out. All right, you know anything about that? About Gogo? <laughs> Ran, I had to hit her with it. I had to, you know, I had to find some place where I could drop that in. Shout out to everybody from DC. You know. You know about that Ran, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back in the day. Trouble Funk. And I know they're still doing their thing. Um, I see them still doing live stuff all the time. So okay, we've cleared the air. Everything is cool. We've shouted out DC. Uh, Iman, tell us about raising the bar. What is what is what what do you you know what's it all about? Uh, I had a chance to check out the first episode. Great episode, um, and that's that's why I asked you on the show because you you uncovered some things I think that are important to voting. So, Iman, tell tell us about raising the bar. Sure, raising the bar is a podcast where each episode I'll take a legal issue or case, and I'll explain it. Uh, for folks that may or may not be aware of it, um, and also the legal aspects of it. And um, then we'll just talk about how it impacts communities of color. Um, if, you know, if I can try, I try to center black women as much as possible. And then the last segment, we focus on ways in which we can raise the bar for our community, mm-hmm. ways in which we, what are practical things that we can do that relates to whatever topic we're talking about in that episode. Yeah. So as uh, you, is your focus on the on the podcast for primarily black women and how um, the legal system affects black women for the most part. Um, and then you eventually. Yeah. And it's not evolve. necessarily the legal system. Right. Because okay. the second one we're talking. Well, the first one was voter protection, voter mm-hmm. purging. And we talked about a, a recent Supreme Court case. Yeah. And so I think it's larger law and, you know, law law or legal things or legal issues are part of our everyday life Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and so it's not just it's everything it's just everyday life and i think especially with this new court coming up and now we no longer you know we'll no longer have a we now we have clearly a five four and we'll definitely have five conservatives i guess when everybody picked the fifth one but um we're going to probably see a lot more um cases or not not more decisions on that five four split leaning towards the conservative and i think people should just be aware of what's going on mm-hmm. Rand, you talked about you and i had a show uh a few shows ago when we were talking about voter purging um and and you know in mind we've got everybody's looking at the um uh stacy abrams uh gubernatorial opportunity mm-hmm. here um, and even though it's focused on Georgia and you're from, I mean, you know, you, you actually, um, attended school at Georgia Southern and, uh, spent some time in Georgia. Um, so you understand the implications and how big it is to actually have an African-American female ma- um, governor for the state of Georgia. Mm-hmm. That's pretty big. If Very you, big. If you spent any time in Georgia, that's huge because, you know, of course, you have Atlanta and the perception of what Atlanta is, and then there's the rest of Georgia, and and it's it's totally different outside the the metropolitan Atlanta area in a lot of cases. So, um, 
you know, tell, tell us, you know, first of all, just kind of give people a brief history and because you know what, uh, you know, I'm going to send people to your podcast for the in-depth uh, background on this whole Supreme Court situation, uh, Supreme Court situation with um, the voter purging. But give us like a brief summary of, of what sure. occurred. Sure. So, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. Yeah, so it's going to be real quick. So the court recently in June last month, the court had a very, very, very um, tumultuous uh, last, I guess, last turn, and they re- they released a decision in Houston v. A. Philip Randolph Institute that said that the state of Ohio's supplemental process, that's what the state of Ohio calls their purging process, mm-hmm. was did not violate the National Voter Registration Act. And what that means is um, Ohio was basically, if a person didn't vote in two elections, they can send them out a little card and the card would would verify whether or not the person moved out of their current county. And if the person didn't respond to the card and didn't didn't vote in four more years after that, then that person was purged from the voter rolls. Mm, So the person in question was um, Larry Harmon. He didn't, he voted in 04 and 08. He didn't vote in, I believe, 10 or 11. And they sent him um, a notice after he didn't vote. He didn't respond to the notice. He didn't vote in 12 or 14, but he actually went to vote in 15. So 2015, he went, I think it was a marijuana referendum, and um, he wasn't able to vote. And, you know, Larry Harmon said he never received the notice. um, And that was it. And Mm. so what the Supreme Court said was that Ohio's process, which is the most aggressive in the country, and the reason why it's the most aggressive is because they start their process earlier than other states. And so just after two elections of not voting, they automatically start their process of sending you that notice. And the first notice that they sent never told you the consequences of not responding to the notice. They've since changed the notice, Mm -hmm. but the, the, you know, that first small card in the mail didn't even tell you that if you don't respond to this, you won't be able to vote. Yeah. Um, so what the Supreme Court said was, and let's go back. So the NVRA, the National Voter Registration Act, says that a person can't be removed from the rolls just on the basis alone that they didn't vote. It would have to be something else, mm, right? Okay. And so what Harmon and I believe it was ACLU and Demos, what they argued was that that was the reason why Ohio did it. Ohio just used the fact that Larry Harmon didn't vote, mm-hmm. and you know this is in violation of the NBRA. Okay. Um, Ohio Secretary of State Houston said, "Nah, you know there was in the court actually. This is what the court said in the reasoning in their decision was that no, it wasn't just for that. It was the fact that he didn't vote and the fact that he didn't respond to a mailer, and." coupled those two things coupled satisfies the NBRA and Ohio is allowed to do what they do. Mm, okay. Rand jump in here at any time, man. I know uh Rand, you've worked on with some organizations that that have looked at, you know, voter registration and so on and so forth. Um and, and you and I had the conversation about because this happened in Ohio, that doesn't mean it can't spread nationally. Uh what are your what are your thoughts, Rand? Well, I mean, uh, based on what she said, uh, all it does now is open up the doors for states who are already in the process of being aggressive on voter purge or voter suppression. Now it's just giving them the green light to to, to, yep. to really step it up. 
And I think that's where a lot of people don't understand is that our Constitution says you have the right to vote. That's all it protects, the right to vote. But all these other things that, that are happening, the Constitution does not protect. And so, therefore, um, a lot of things can happen that have negative consequences. Mm, okay. So the $50,000 yeah, go, go the fifty thousand question from my standpoint is what do we do? How, do, how, how does uh, the average voter, and, and I know you mentioned on the podcast, uh, the percentage of African-Americans affected by something like this. Could you mention that too? Uh, go into that as well. I don't know if you mentioned how that has had impact on uh, the African-American vote, but go ahead. Hey, yeah, I think so just in Ohio alone, um, of course, the urban areas were affected or impacted. I think I want to say it was four times as more likely than mm -hmm. the than suburban areas. And in Ohio, most of their black, most of the black population is actually um, w within their urban areas. Okay. Um, you know, and we talk about Georgia, you know, Georgia purged twice as many voters, about 1.5 million voters between 2012 and 2016 elections. Wow. Say that number as again. Did between 08 and 12. What's the number? So in Georgia. Hey, Iman, repeat that number purged, again. Uh-huh. Yeah, repeat that again. Sure. So... Georgia purged as many as 1.5 million voters between wow. 12 and 16 elections. And that's twice as many as they did in 08 and 12. Mm. And keep in mind that all of this, and there was another Supreme Court case back in 2013, Shelby, that kind of made way for all of this. Mm -hmm. So the Shelby case like struck down a part of the voter rights, um, the, the VRA, and allowed a lot of cases I mean, allowed a lot of states that would have had to get clearance from mm -hmm. DOJ okay. before they did all of this. They no longer have to get the clearance. Wow. So, so, so go ahead. Go ahead. I'm going to let you go. After yeah. the court released yeah. Shelby, you mm -hmm. saw all of these things that started, you know, all of these legislations that passed that affected, you know, voter suppression, really. Hmm. So what do people do? The $50,000 question is, what do we do to avoid being purged? That's the big thing. How can how can, you know, Af the, the African-American black community, um, what can we do to avoid being purged? So, I mean, if you want to talk about the case, the, you know, the Harmon case, I guess it would be to vote. But unfortunately, many people are just erroneously purged, too. So let's I mean, it's, it's not always. Purging, you're not, your name is not always purged because of something that you've done, mm -hmm. right? There, there are many instances in which people that vote have been purged just erroneously, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I think, you know, I, I, and I don't know, I'm, I may be in the minority here, but I protect someone's right to not vote as well, okay. as, as well as protecting someone's right to vote. That's a good point. Um, That's a good I point. But I think in this case, I think that we definitely need to, because what we've seen in a lot of these states with conservative leadership is they've, they've, they're they slowly, you know, chipping away at same-day registration, at election day registration, mm -hmm. early voting, um, automatic, you know, they're chipping away at a lot of this that would, would have combated this. Because had Ohio had same-day election day voting, Mr. Harmon would have been able to just, uh, you know, prove that he didn't move, prove that he lived in the county, and whatever other criteria Ohio had, and he would have been able to register and vote on in 2015. Wow. Um, so, yeah, one, one question, but doesn't, if, if, 
they're chipping away at all those opportunities to vote at the last minute. Won't it affect both, I guess, let's just say liberal and conservative voters who come in? Yes, but the impact will will be research says that liberal voters take advantage of the, you know, the expanded access to the ballot, which is, you know, early, early, early voting. Um, The first thing that many conservative governors did after Shelby was cut down early voting. North Carolina, Ohio, you know, they they cut down all of that because they knew Democrats vote early Mm -hmm. because. More likely than not, we can't get off work on a Tuesday between 8 and 8. Or I got to go get my child before or after. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Whereas Republican voters, more likely than not, can do it on Election Day. Well, your work rights are protected. You, I mean, you're protected at work if you need to go vote. True. You are. Okay. You are. But, but I, I, think I wouldn't the... say that of an hourly worker. Mm. Yeah, I would say I to that point, I yeah. I tell you somebody working at McDonald's is really going to be protected. They probably should be, but I'm not going to bet anything on that. Mm. Wow. Rand, you got any questions for Iman? Well, no, I mean, I think everything what she's saying is true. I mean, you, you, we, we got we got to vote. Um, I mean, we definitely have to vote, but, but what they're doing is that they're playing, um, um, they're using language uh, to get, to get a lot of this stuff through in such a way that we don't understand what we're voting on. Mm-hmm. We don't understand the bills, the policies, because they use such a uh, very palatable, broad language, but how they execute against us, that's what's killing us. Yeah. Yeah. Iman, how, how, how um, involved are you in DC in the, um, I guess the DC political machine uh, in terms of some of the things that so you I'm see? I'm more involved in Baltimore. I'm in Baltimore. I'm the founder of an organization called the Baltimore Action Legal Team. Excellent. Okay. Um, which started right around the Baltimore Uprising, in which me and a couple of other people provided legal support and rapid response for um, the hundreds and thousands of people that were arrested during that time. Wow. Were you, as a matter of fact, were you part of the uh, documentary that occurred uh I, I guess in Baltimore, when uh, because I no. know that or part of the organ, well, the, uh, a lot of the organizations were highlighted um, when when mm-hmm. a lot of the arrests were made. So I, I saw some of that in in the I think it may have been the HBO documentary. So kudos to you because it was needed. I mean, a, a lot of folks were just swept up and and they didn't have you know proper legal representation, and um, you know it cost them their jobs. It cost them their uh, their, their, you know, I, I guess their enrollment in school, it, it, it had a lot of impact on their lives. So kudos to you for doing that. Uh, yeah. I mean, you know, I can't, enough cannot be said on, on efforts that you, you, you and your, you and your team have been doing. That's phenomenal. Good time. Even though you didn't live in it, even though you didn't live in Atlanta, I, I give you, I, I, I got to, <laughs> I got to salute you. I get a pass. I appreciate it. Look, you get a pass. It's, it's the Metro. Life, lifetime pass. I get your lifetime pass. <laughs> it's it's the Metro. It's, it's, it's the Metro. So let, let me, uh, again, uh, raising the bar with Iman, uh, tell everybody how uh, they can reach you, Iman, and, and how they can um, also check out check out your podcast. Sure. It's www.rtbpodcast.com, and we're on Stitcher, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Excellent. And your next episode is coming out on the, I guess, we, we tape on Sunday. So you is it every Tuesday you have a new episode? No, I'm doing every other Tuesday. I can't even begin to do every week. 
<laughs> Go ahead. At yeah, least you're doing. How busy she is, man. She's such a baller, man. Such a baller. <laughs> Too much. It's, but no, I'm gonna. It's my one year old. I have a one year old, and oh, there's wow. no way in the world I would be able to do every every week. Nah. I'm so far removed from them days. I know what you're do- going through, but hey, y'all, I'm gonna subscribe <laughs> to her podcast. And, well, and thank subscribe. you. I appreciate that. And y'all can check her out too on Instagram, One RTB. Uh, podcast, which is raising the bar, uh, the one that one R, the letter R, T, and B podcast, and and she's on Instagram and Facebook, and and uh, Iman, you're welcome on anytime, you know, anytime, yeah, I- ignore well, thank you. I appreciate y'all. Yeah, if if there's any, um, you know, because here's the thing, I mean, I I think, um, you know, we're a hundred days out from midterms, from the midterm election as of today. And, um, you know, one of my biggest concerns is something like this, because, I mean, Iman, you know, you you said it best. I mean, we we not only have to protect the rights of people to vote, but also protect the rights of people not to vote. So, you know, there are a lot of people who wait until the big elections and don't pay attention mm-hmm. in between. And, uh, you know, on a previous podcast, Rand has said, you know, he's going to vote for dog catcher if he has to. You know, so it's important that we get out there because, you know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, Iman, they see the trends, you know. Yeah, they do. I mean, they saw in Ohio alone, they saw a lower black turn, turnout in 2016. And so I, I, what I would tell people is if you haven't voted, especially in Georgia, if you haven't voted in a couple of elections, definitely go and check to see if you're registered to vote, if you're still registered. I mean, because it's possible. Georgia purges just like Ohio. Maybe not as aggressive, but Georgia purges as well. Yep. And one more, one more thing, Amon. I mean, what are your thoughts on Abrams and Kemp? I, I mean, of course, I'm all, I'm team Abrams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I, you know, I have no, no faith in, no, in the, the whole GOP establishment at this point. Mm, okay. I, you know, I have none whatsoever is the fact that they are willing to ride. Like they're really willing to ride a die for, I guess their, you know, their head and not think, I think they lost all touch with common sense and just like morality at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought Kemp was a very, na- I thought that was a very nasty campaign, but like I said, I, I don't put anything past them. Yeah. It's, um, it's going to be nasty. I think with Kemp, you it's going to be extremely nasty and you have to understand that I think, what, what did Malcolm X say about the black woman in the United States? How we're the most disrespected? Mm. Like, there's no way in hell that we're going to get through this without Abrams being disrespected to the ninth degree. No yeah. way in hell. The ads have no already started, started, by the way. Um, I mean, the ads yeah. started day after. You know, uh, the, the pack ads going after Abrams. They've already started in the state. Well, hey, um, Iman... I really appreciate you coming on. I'm not. We're not gonna keep up your Sunday. I know you got to get out in the streets and go find some go-go music. Uh, a good. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, and we'll definitely. I'll definitely uh, stay in touch. Y'all and, enjoy your Sunday. All right, you too. Take right, care. Same to you. All right, bye. Bye. Hey, man, Rand. Uh, kudos to her for doing that stuff, man. That is, um, you know, without a doubt, uh, you know, we need a lot of folks who are. You know, legal activists, man, because a lot of a lot of uh, legal issues are coming up that uh, that impact the community. So uh, kudos, and I'll have her information on the podcast page. Hey, you got any shout outs, man? Uh, just shout out to my to my to my better half. Uh, we're celebrating our anniversary. Oh, sucky sucky now. 
Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Is that today? Uh, be tomorrow. Awesome, man. Congrats, man. Congrats. And uh, y'all, y'all going to Vegas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> what else you got? Man, you know, um, I really don't have much to say, man. I mean, this has been a kind of a slow, slow week for me in terms of, you know, giving shout outs, man. Um, is you know, just there's nothing. There's not a lot of positive shout outs <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right no, now. Man. It's been a tough. It's been a tough week. Um, right, and, right. And, you know, uh, you know, interesting tidbit. Um, um, they found the remains of a of a lost uh, Tuskegee Airman mm-hmm. uh, in Austria. Yeah. And they they've shipped his remains, shipping his remains back home. Uh, I didn't realize that there were approximately about forty or fifty Tuskegee Airmen uh, have been unaccounted for. Wow! And so they actually found this this guy. Uh, he's he's uh, he's a twenty four year old captain. His last name was Dawson, mm-hmm. and uh, his plane crashed, and um, and they finally found the remains of it. So I think that's that's a positive step right there, man. Excellent, man. Excellent. Um, anything else? Shout out wise? No. Okay. No. Um, I am, I am going to say, man, uh, Dan, we grown podcast, uh, shout them out, uh, on castropolis.net. Um, uh, ISIS, uh, at the dope black chick podcast and, and San Estelle, uh, who does some stuff out in LA for us, uh, might be coming on and, and doing some thing on ca- some things on castropolis.net. Shout out to them. Shout out to lady J on this special day as well. It's just that season, you know, so in the fam, we got um, back to school coming up as well. You know, back to school um, is, uh, I guess, it's rolling in in a lot of areas. So, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, you know, on the roads, man, y'all know kids going back to school. So stop driving crazy now. Back off. Pay attention. And, um, you know, here's to everybody who's trying to go back to school and, and get their kids right, man. That's. You know, that is a, um, how do you say it, man? I mean, it, it uh, it's critical that they go to school, but not every every kid can go to school prepared. So here's to, uh, you know, hoping that all those kids who go back to school, go back to school prepared. So, cool. Yeah, and all those organizations that are doing what they have to do to, um, you know, to uh, help the kids. Absolutely. Absolutely. Big time. Hey, um, man, Nia Wilson, um, you know, of course, uh, uh, I mean, the, the say her name list is just getting longer. Uh, the young lady who was murdered on BART out in San Francisco, um, you know, to her and her family, um, you know, they found or they, they tracked down and caught the killer. Um, so I just wanted to mention that. I know most people have seen that on social media and people continue to support uh, the organizations that are supporting her family. But uh, just touching, man. I mean, on the train, uh white guy walks up and basically slit her throat and, and hurt her sister, Latifah Wilson. Um, you know, just amazing, man. Random, just random uh, terrorism is what I like to call, you know, what I prefer to call it. Uh, but but definitely, to you know, to her family and, yeah. and the supporters, man, um, you know, continue the support. And we'll, we'll continue to keep people updated on, on any efforts or anything else that's going on. What have you, have you heard much more about that? Man, you know, it's it's like you said, it's a, it's a horrific, um, horrific event, man. And I can't imagine what any family would go through. But the fact is that this guy, this coward, mm-hmm. 
um, did this, took a, took another person's life uh, just for the sheer fact that he just did not like the did not like her her presence, her being. Yeah, just just man, I, no words for it, no words. Right. Uh, the Abrams Kemp man, we we you know touched upon it with Iman. Um, you know, but, uh, what are your thoughts, man? Uh, I know you, we both live in Georgia. Um, you know, of course, Time Magazine has her on the cover. Um, you know, a, a, a great photo of her and talks about the ad is, um, the unlikely rise of Stacey Abrams. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on Abrams? Well, you know, I just hope the DNC, uh, finally put some money behind her. Oh, oh man. You know, I mean, I mean, I'm just going to be honest. I mean, um, Kemp and Kago, they had a nice war chest. Um, Stacy's war chest was decent, but it was not at the level of theirs. Mm-hmm. Nor, nor was it really it. needed for the primary, uh, right? Because they knew her her competition wasn't strong. This is a whole nother ball game, right? Right. You know, this is one of those types of, you know, um, she's going to serve as a great test case for the Democratic strategy going forward on a national basis. Good point. Very good. Uh, yeah. She's going to, I mean, you know, they, they need to really uh, do what they have to do uh, because as we start getting into more on the national political scene in other states and also when we start talking about um, the president, et cetera, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's been a lot of debate about what is the approach the Democrats need to take. Yeah. yeah. And Stacy has mapped out a strategy um, and, uh, and we should pay close attention to it because this could be the strategy uh, that could shape the country. Yeah. And she's a very smart woman, a uh, very focused, hard worker. Uh, she's out there, been out there plus, uh, pressing the flesh, not just in her, uh, in the right. friendly areas, but you know, a lot of the deep red areas. So yes, she, she has been doing a lot of that because when she announced her campaign, uh, she did a not, announced the campaign here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to one of the, uh, I forgot which county it was, but it was not too far from, um, I think, um, Bibb County. Mm-hmm. It's yep. one of the adjacent counties right. down there. Right in middle Georgia, correct. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, everybody's going to be watching it. Probably going to be one of the biggest uh, or the most expensive races in Georgia. It's already probably uh, historically um, the most money will be spent on this gubernatorial race between Democrat and Republican, the general election, than any race in the state of Georgia ever. So it's going to be big. I mean, I, I just hope it doesn't get ugly. But when I saw Kemp there, you know, for those who don't live in Georgia, don't follow it. Uh, the Republican primary had uh, God, the, the lieutenant governor, Cagle, former lieutenant governor, and Kemp was the secretary of state. Am I correct? Right. And um, Kemp was the one and you guys will get the background. You can Google the look at look it up on YouTube. Uh, All I'll say is the politically incorrect conservative. That's how he labels himself. So it's going to get ugly. I mean, there are going to be a lot of things said that uh, hopefully uh, I hope it doesn't divide the state, because one of the things and I didn't hear I know um, Governor Deal had some things to say, but one of the things I hope for, man, is that um, this race doesn't deeply divide the state. Because one of the things I think that Deal has done to his credit is he's bought good industry to Georgia. I mean, one of the big reasons, 
uh, we have the film industry coming to Georgia uh, is because I think Deal has a lot to do with that. And the fact that he's protected the state away from a lot of that, the negative past, he's tried to make it more, more quote unquote, progressive. And um, Kemp won't, you know, so and, and I think that's going to have a lot of impact on future business. So hopefully the business leaders will will see that. I think, you know, Abrams is going to be business friendly, without a doubt, re- regardless of how, how they paint her on taxes. You know, she 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 gets it. She understands what she needs to do to keep keep things moving. You got anything else? We gonna get off that. You know, I mean, um, I, I slightly disagree with you about um, uh, the governor being more progressive. I just think. He oh, just, I mean, I, I mean, progressive in a uh, not as a progressive progressive. Oh, I think he's been more pragmatic in the yeah. fact that he's a yeah. business guy and he understands what businesses, uh, what they care about, and as, as it relates to their own brands. So he's yeah. very. Uh, he's not an ideologue like the, like the governor up there in North Carolina. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he's not going to shoot himself in the foot. And and I think right. that is a better word to use. You're right. He's more pragmatic than progressive. Yeah. Because I get you know I guess you can't you can't use progressive these days in a, this day and age. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't yeah. throw that. Don't don't throw that word. It, I should I should have checked myself. Don't don't throw that word around. All right, man, a couple of GP3 lights. I'll go through this real quick, and we'll get into some White House stuff. We've had some long, long shows, man, so we're going to make this one a a tight one. Um, Congrats to Lena Waite, man. Uh, She just got a new deal with Showtime, first look, and uh, she'll develop comedy and drama for Showtime, write and produce. Uh, Her company's called Hillman Grad Productions, so kudos to Lena. Is she Uh, on Showtime or HBO? uh, Oh, the, the the Shy is on Showtime. Yeah. It's on Showtime. Okay. Yeah, it's on Showtime. She's got some other deals going, though. There's some other things that she does executive production on. She's executive producer on. And, um, you know, there's some things where, where they, you know, they may be coming up on HBO. Uh, there's some things. There's I forgot the name of this um, this new series that com- that's coming up on HBO, but I think she has something to do with it. But her primary work has been done on Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Producer and showrunner, I think you may have seen this. Kenya Barris is exiting ABC Studios. Are you surprised by that? No, yeah, no, I'm not surprised by that, man. I mean, you know, um, you know, the, the movie landscape has changed. Uh, in addition to probably the political climate at ABC Studios, yeah, um, I think these guys now. I mean, one of the great things about this climate uh, in that industry is that there are so many avenues now to get your product out there. Yeah. So, so true. Uh, and, and people you don't feel he's be... he's been eyeing Netflix for a while, uh, as right. Shonda, you know, Shonda Rhimes has already gone to Netflix. So, and and the whole Roseanne thing, I think, um, was the, you know, the salt in the wound, you know. Um, but he will be executive producer on all his shows. He'll continue to uh, be executive producer on Blackish. And what's the other show with the uh, Gronish? Yeah, right. yeah, so he, he's still going to be executive producer. Uh, this weekend, man, uh, 1984 Purple Rain was released a um, couple of, you know, this weekend. And and the groundbreaking album, man, it was, I think, the, the definitive 90s merge of hip-hop and R&B was Mary J. Blige, man. What's the 411? Serious album. That's her. Yeah, that's been a tough album for her to, to, to reproduce. That was a hell of an album. Um yeah, yeah, I don't think she's ever come close to an album like that, man. I Oof. mean, you know, uh, I guess the key is that, like you mentioned, it was it was the first. Yep. And you know, how do you how do you surpass 
the original, the blueprint. Yeah. You know? I mean, it, it laid the it, groundwork, man, for... Right. And so many yeah. other artists and so many other labels, as we know, in the, in, the, in the entertainment field, they mimic each other, just basically followed that. And, um, and, you know, but again, that was... I remember... I definitely remember it. I was in New York at the time at MTV, and uh, I, I remember the, all that, and it was phenomenal. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Uh, Monday night, man, uh, Paramount BET, the Trayvon Martin story. We've talked about this before. It's finally coming out. Uh, it's going to be a six-part series on BET, uh, July 30th, uh, 10 p.m., and it's going to go through September 3rd. Uh, Rest in Power, the Trayvon, Trayvon Martin story. Uh, it's going to focus on the killing of Trayvon. Uh, that became a huge American talking point. And, of course, for Black Lives Matter, uh, it's a docuseries, uh, talk about tragic event. And uh, it's also going to delve into race, politics, power, money in the U.S. criminal justice system. And, and this is the one that Jay-Z um, was involved in as well. What, have you heard much more about that? No, I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I think uh, Jay-Z and uh, what's the other guy, LeBron James and all these guys are now uh, delving into the media side in the terms of uh, doing uh productions like this and i think we're going to see more of these and um i just hope that more and more people appreciate these uh these, these products because uh they are important they are needed and uh and these stories need to be told i agree go watch it make sure it's on your dvr but it's uh you know again again we we tape on sunday so it would be monday night 10 o'clock six part series don't watch it once and then not watch the rest go ahead and dvr it all DVR the series. Uh, congrats to uh, Mission Impossible, man. $60 million this weekend. Um, I, I love Mission Impossible, man, because it's such a diverse cast. And, I, you know, uh, Cruz has, has continued to, to push that diversity within Mission Impossible from day one. So kudos to him. Um, you heard about Vin, Vin Rangs, man. Man, that's crazy. A couple of years ago, the cops, four cops mm. came into his, his house. Yeah, because a neighbor had uh, reported uh, somebody breaking into it—a big black man. <laughs> yeah, his house. That means that lets you know you, you don't your neighbor don't even know who you are. That's what I'm saying. And all he had he said uh, that bla- that big black man would be me. Here's my you know here's my driver's license. Right. And and you know what? The only way this was interesting. I read into it, and the only way that the cop knew it was he was a, well knew him. He didn't know him from movies. He knew him because their sons had played sports together, which was wow. He didn't know him from you know all the stuff he's done in you know in in, in film. Interesting. Um, I, I, I'm only going to mention it because it's out there, man. R. Kelly's 19 minute Mia culpa. <laughs> I admit uh, his ex wife has done a rebuttal on that. So for for those of y'all into that, there you go. Uh, heard about Demi Lovato, man. Uh, I, I, initially, everybody thought it was heroin. She's been doing meth, which is yeah. Oof. That that's the point of no return, man. Uh, but uh, we'll keep an eye. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's interesting, man. That um, I don't know if you you heard about it. When people started reporting the Demi Lovato Lovato overdose and how it was treated in the media. Um, folks who are fans of what's his name with the Kardashians, Lamar Odom, 
uh, basically said that uh, how could you call Lamar Odom a crackhead but not call Demi Lovato a similar name? I mean, so that argument's out there. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree that the way they the way they treat us versus they treat them is 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 horrendous. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we don't need to be calling people names. Period. Uh, as as it relates to this, these addictions are serious addictions. Yeah. And an addiction is something you cannot control. Yeah. Um, but you know, again, I saw it. I noticed it too, man. I noticed how uh, they were treating her with um, with empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like now. Sometimes you watch TV and, it, and you see these commercials for these rehab centers yeah, yeah. for meth and all these other. I mean, they, the way they position themselves, man, it's like wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, f- five years ago, this never would have been on TV. Yeah, so true. You know, so true. Uh, Ivanka Trump closed her um, is closing her clothing line. And uh, even though she's talking about the conflict, it's more about sales. It's just not selling anymore. You know. Right, but remember, she has a lot of licenses in China, so she's gonna open something up. Yeah. Stealth. Open something up. On the stage. Yeah, side. her stuff is not selling. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Hey, man. As the White House turns, we've been hearing it all week. Uh, just a quick highlights. Uh, the Cohen tapes. Did you have a chance to see how that broke and hear it? What were your thoughts? Uh. If if I was number forty five, I would probably have diarrhea right now. <laughs> because this yeah. dude know where he knows where all the bodies are. This is just the this, if this was peeling the onion, this is the first layer. He, they say he's got like hundred and eighty tapes that they've confiscated. Wow, I mean there might be even more. But in addition to that, remember he has institutional knowledge. He knows the character of everybody. He knows where all the dead bodies are. Yeah. Plus, they got the uh, they got the accountant. This is like um, like the Untouchables. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? When when they got uh, the the accountant Capone's accountant. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trump organization. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and 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 what's going to happen now is all the people who've already testified in front of Congress or the Senate, mm-hmm. and the Mueller the Mueller investigation, mm-hmm. and if they all said that. This did not happen. Yeah. Uh, now they have perjured themselves. They, what is it? What's the famous line? Let's go to the tape. <laughs> Let's yeah. roll, roll the tape. So, and so also yeah. too. Now this not only becomes collusion. Yeah. But now it becomes conspiracy yeah. and obstruction. Uh, basically, this one tape right here has just uh, ratcheted up a lot of Trump's legal problems. Yeah. So true. Now, the <clears throat> the legal play from Giuliani's standpoint is that the tape has been doctored. The big push is it's a doctored, edited tape, which is going to be interesting. Um, yeah, that's going to be interesting because you have to prove A is doctored and when it was doctored. Because remember, it has, has been in the control of the United States government for a period of time. Yeah, so true. So true. And, and you know what, uh, you know, they're going to bring in the forensic people and, 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 and justify everything if they, if they haven't already done so. So, you know, we'll just sit back and see how this evolves. 
Uh, Cohen says he knew about the infamous that 45 knew about the Trump Tower meeting. And and that was, you know, that's on. T- well, he, he says he does not have a tape or there's been no tape released on that. Um, but he's, he's he does indicate he's got witnesses to uh, to corroborate. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Pompeo uh, just drilled. Um, pretty arrogant. It was pathetic. It was pathetic as hell, man. Yeah. Because if you listen to him, essentially all his information about the meeting, ninety percent of what he said was coming from the Russians. Yeah, it was. And so and, the Russians yeah, have yeah. controlled the narrative. Here you are, the State Department. Your president. Well, first of all, your president lies so much you don't even know if you could listen, believe what he says mm-hmm. of what happened. Yeah. But, but what is more credible for you is to listen to the Russians. Wow. This is incredible, man. I mean, the and then it also it indicates it shows that the GOP House, when they had their uh, intel um, hearings on this, how Devin Nunez and them just look stupid. Yeah, so true. So true. Uh, man, one of the things that stood out for me, Ram, was the tax return question. And, and I'm still big on the fact that we, we, we keep we need to make sure that we continue to make the finances a big part of the investigation. And and he continues, as as the many of the administration continue to make that a political question. I don't think that's a political question. That's legitimate. I mean, when you look at the history of presidents releasing their taxes, all they're asking for is something that has already been promised. And quite frankly, I think if he has nothing to hide, it'll solve or not solve. I mean, he's got a lot of other issues to 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 deal with, but at least it'll put to rest a lot of those questions about the tax returns. That's big. And he made it he made it to seem like uh, the quote was political circus, which, you know, I, I just don't agree with that strategy, man. And I know it probably talks to his base. But in terms of the rest of America, I hope people see through that. You know, I don't know if they do or not. I'm not going to get gaslighted. That's all I can say. I mean, he said he was going to release them, release the taxes. Let him go. Right. All right, man. Uh, again, um, you know, we, we take the show on Sunday. This is kind of a wrap up for the week. So the Putin, Trump Putin 2 has been delayed until 2019. Uh, did, did you see on Monday, man, we woke up last week with the Iran threat? What were your thoughts? He did the same thing to South Korea. Every time well, he North, North Korea, someone, yeah. North Korea, yeah, you're right. North Korea, excuse me. Every time he threatens them, uh, we end up as a country uh, paying for it. Yeah. I'm just because uh, when I, you think about what's happened, you remember he, he called the the North Korean uh, guy all these names and he's threatening them. Mm-hmm. And what happened? He acquiesces to this guy. This guy gets everything he wants. Yeah. Rocket man. Yeah, remember and, that, and you know, and and, and, the, and you want to say, "Wow, you're threatening them mm-hmm. when you just remove the sanctions, whatever this." You remember, you remember that the the the, the, the issue that we had with uh, uh, he had with the uh, our, Obama's uh, deal with yeah, with, with them with Iran, correct? Yeah. So now, because you've done this, now they have no. Um, there's no motive for them to denuclearize or. Now you've given them a blank check to build that program back up. Yep, none whatsoever. And we still and don't. Really, we we haven't been checking, so we really don't know what they have. 
Right. And I, 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 you know, at the end of the day, there's not a strategy at all in play. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. 4.1 second quarter GDP. Um, And and the whole thing, I mean, 4.1 is a good number, but it's one quarter. Well, and the big question is, most economists are saying this is not sustainable. Yeah, and that's uh, a the lot thing. of this was due. A lot of this was due to tax cuts. Mm-hmm. And for it to be sustainable, that means corporations are investing back in their organizations. They are not; they're buying their stock back. Mm-hmm. Um, also, too, with the uh, with the tariff war happening, uh, a lot of pe- people pre-bought things earlier. Mm, true. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, so uh, all the other countries, they they bought a lot of the steel and a lot of the stuff from us. Yeah. They st- basically they stocked up on it. Yeah. And, and one of the things and, and uh, kudos to a lot of folks who are bringing this up on the different shows. And I think it's something we have to be aware of because, you know, now you're in a bunch of spin. The truth is, while you've got the four point one percent annual growth rate. Uh, well, the 4.1% in the second quarter, um, the economy actually exceeded that level four times under the Obama administration. It did it in 2009, 2011, and twice in 2014. And Obama had a quarter at 5.1%. So um, the biggest issue that people really are talking about now is the deficit. So you've got to, you know, in order to actually create what we're seeing with GDP, they're having to uh, the deficit the, the deficit's going through the roof. So you got you're going to have a one trillion dollar deficit by 2019, right? And that deficit was created by uh, a lot of it was through the taxes, the, the tax, tax cut. Yep, right. And also too, what's happening is what they're not talking about, uh, but economists are talking about uh, wage wages are not growing. No, wages aren't going up. No. Yep. Okay. Hey, man, uh, one quick thing. Um, shout out to BET. Uh, they did an article. Uh, first of all, let me let me ask you before we go on. Did you have anything else for the White House? Anything else? Uh, nah, man. For, yeah, I, I'm, I'm in and out of that, man. It's, you know, again, it's a grueling. I hate, man, these reporters, man. It's got to be grueling to cover the White House these days. That That's like, you you know, that's like a war zone, you know, for 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 journalists, which is which, is, you know, which is sad. You know, uh, but one of the things um, there was an opinion piece in at BET and uh, they were talking about black man or black male complexities um, and, and they compared Luke Cage. You, have you seen Luke Cage yet? Yeah, I've seen the whole season. Yeah. And, and it also talks about Terry Crews. And if you notice part of this season and, and I don't want to give away the plot. Uh, for people, because I know there are a lot of people who have not seen Luke Cage, so there's no reason to, to turn you. You don't, have, you don't have to shut the podcast off right now. We're not going give to away, give away anything plot related. But one of the things is, man, um, Luke Cage does his attitude. He's he's much more in touch with his rage as a black man. And and Claire, um, who's who's the lady who plays Claire? Uh, what's Rosanna her? Dawson, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, uh, she he, he knocks a hole in the wall and and has fits of rage. And, and Claire's like, Luke, you know, you're scaring me. And Luke says, black, you know, baby, a black man only has two choices in this world. You can either lean into the fear and be the N word that people already think you are 
or you can be the big docile house cat with a smile. You know, I'm a man. Okay, full fledged. My anger is real. Is basically part of the quote that he uses in 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 the um, Netflix show, the the Netflix movie. Uh, and then it, it talks about the uh, Terry Crews harassment situation. Um, but shout out to Keith Murphy and BET for that article. And, you know, one of the reasons I, I bring this up, man, I was I was listening to radio and heard one of the hosts, national, nationally syndicated host. Uh, and, and he had mentioned that in this time in America, uh, he has never feared for his life at any point in his life, in his career. And one of the things he's talking about was that, uh, you know, he is not a, opposed to African-American gun ownership now because of the fear and, and, and the rage of being a black man. Not necessarily that we should, you know, again, it's, it's about protection. But what are your thoughts, man, when you see stuff like that as a black man? How do you feel? And I'll, and I'll jump well, in there. I'll let you go well, first. Well, I mean, you know, uh, I, I agree with you. I think this is a, a, a great article. Uh, in terms of the, the gentleman's statement about um, fear, Yeah. I, 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 I've had the same issues, too. I've never had to be in fear yeah. uh, in my entire life. And, I've, and I, trust me, I have, you know, I lived in Texas, and trust me, I've been to some some of the most rednecky places you ever want to uh, uh, visit. But yeah, I did you not, were you were in Texas when they were dragging fear. when they were dragging the the man the yeah. man was dragged. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I've been in places in 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 Louisiana, Alabama, Florida. You name it. I've been to a lot of rural communities where our presence is not necessarily welcome. But I wasn't afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Now. I'm to the point where I'm afraid because I don't think there's a justice system out there that's going to protect me, mm. you know? And in terms of gun ownership, mm. I have no problems with people owning guns Yeah, if it's done in a responsible way. Yeah, true. Uh, you know, I, you know, I don't, it's like, I know everyone says the, the second amendment, the right to bear arms. I think, I think there should be a caveat on that. There has to be a part of being responsible. Mm-hmm. You know, if you are a criminal that has done a violent, violent act, mm-hmm. to me, you, you don't need a gun. If you're a person whose whose mental capacities are, are to the point where it can it can endanger others, you don't you don't have that right to own a gun. Yeah, true. You know, and but I do believe that every gun owner should be registered, should be trained. Yeah, and I think the training should be a an extensive one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, uh, you know, but the worst thing in the world is a scared person with a gun. Yeah. So true. And that's what, and that's the problem we, we have now is that our police departments are hiring scared people and giving them guns. Yeah. Yep. So true. When you, when you hear things like, um, even though it happened, I guess it, it's happened within the last few years to somebody like a Ving Rhames, and you hear a lot of these celebrities talk about some of the things that they go through. Uh, you know, you've got the quote unquote, uh, whatever it is, while black, uh, you know, shopping while black, all these all these different uh, while black stories. Uh, you got people, you know, calling the police on on people for doing simple things. It's like just all over social media. The climate, it's a different climate, man. Right. Um, I mean, it's know. a shame that. Your insecurities and prejudice are so overwhelming 
that you have to call the authorities in to punish me or mm-hmm. to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I mean, you know, it, it, it's sad, you know, and, and, and it's part of, I guess, Rand, it goes back. God, I, I, what do you say? I mean, it, it's historical. You know, you know, you it, it's it's uh, it is. I mean, being a black man is is complex. You know, in terms right. of, in terms of your your physical presence and the stereotype versus who you are and who you want to be. You know, you know, and it's unfortunate. Hey, you know, black men, no matter who you are, you just can't be who you want to be. You can't be who you are. Well, you, know? you know, I found ironic is when I when I. I sit and I listen to um, a lot of my Caucasian uh, counterparts, particularly the males, mm-hmm. how they love to sit here and espouse the virtues of competing. Yeah. Have a level playing field, how they love athletics. Mm-hmm. You know, it teaches you so much about yourself and life and, you know, how athletics, there's their rules. You play, you play by the rules. But what's interesting to me is that our mere presence just intimidates the hell out of them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it mean that they have to literally cheat yeah. um, to play the game. And they really don't want us there because they're so intimidated that we're going to take something from them, that we are better at what we do than they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting conversation, man. And I, I, I do think, um, that the conversation needs to be had on a consistent basis and, and everybody needs to be involved in the conversation. That's one of the things and shout out to Sanyu Estelle, um, uh, on, on the West coast. Um, you know, she does a, um, her, and, and you and I've talked about this before, man, and she's been on the show when, when you were, when you were off one week and she talks about, I think black like me Monday is when she gives her survey to, you know, to, to whites to answer about, you know, the black condition and and she's got some interesting results. So, you know, we got to have her back on to talk about that. All right. Sure. I just wanted to bring that up, man. Uh, it's, um, you know, kudos again to Keith Murphy. It's not, it's not a multi-play multi-page, um, article that, that delves deep into psychology. Um, but it, it, it does at least, uh, open up the question that See, I think we need to know, talk about. What, what he's doing about. is phenomenal. I think the, the challenge is, a lot of this stuff is circulated within our community. Yes, and it never goes all outside. Of, yeah, yeah. We sit there and we we all of us nod and give an amen to it. Yeah, we we do that. The challenge is this information, these thoughts, these viewpoints are not being shared in the other communities, yeah. and and this a variety of reasons. It's not to the fault of Mr. Murray right here. No, it's not his fault. Yeah, a lot of it is the acceptance. Mm-hmm from others you know a lot of times when you do things uh, particularly what i do in business sometimes what they call change management mm-hmm. organizations say hey we need to change mm-hmm. they agree to that but but the rubber where it hits the road is having the fortitude to make the change yeah. and that's where i think we fall short we have all this information that we're willing to share but it is the fortitude and the stomach of others to take this information mm. and to try to seek to understand, wow, this is really happening. You mean to tell me I play a role in this? What 
and you know when you the, the, the r word to a white person it's like the n word to you and me mm. when you say racist they automatically shut down and they don't have the fortitude to sit and really have the substantive conversations we do and we need to have that conversation and it's unfortunate that uh, the current administration is not the uh, not right. the organization that really takes that conversation seriously. I'm not even going to get into the NFL conversation because, quite frankly, right. I just think that's uh, manufactured. That's a distraction. I mean, that's a distraction. That's yeah. all that is, a, a, a distraction. Yeah, it's a manufactured grief. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to say it. Um, retaliatory um, conversation. So I'm not even going to get into it. Yeah. All right, man. Right. Uh, just a reminder, you got anything to wrap up the show with? And then I'll remind uh, you. No, man. You know, uh, I think with, with the doc, I mean, the attorney we had on this morning, man, uh, early in the show, man, I mean, she has some great information. And I wish people would go to her website and go to her, all her areas of communication and to listen to what she has to say because uh, she has some great information that can help you. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Hey, man, I, I am, I'm just going to say, you know, uh, you know, if anything, uh, if you like what we do, support us. We have a Patreon page where you can contribute uh, to GP3 Homies. That information is on the podcast page and continue to support castropolis.net uh, where we have all the, you know, different podcasts. And, and you know, we'll just keep doing what we're doing, man. It's going to be, you know, again, we're 100, 100 days outside of the uh, election, uh, outside of midterms. So um, feel free to you know shoot us any comments. This election will change your life, people. Yes, it will. These elections are going to change your life yeah. and your kids' kids' lives. Yeah, and I think you know what, Rand. That's the big thing. It may not you you may not feel it now, but your kids will feel this. You know, so I think whatever you do, you need to understand that you're doing this for future generations. You know, that's that's what's critical. But we'd love to hear from you. The, our, our outstanding British voices or our UK voice is going to give more information on how you can connect with us uh, after we wrap up, man. But Rand, as always, man, it's a pleasure, dude. Uh, enjoy your your. Damn, is it still hot in Georgia? <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. It's, it's it's it's. I think the heat index is over ninety something, even uh, though the temperature is like eighty six, but it's over ninety something. Yeah, I hate it. Uh, here we go get rid of summer i hate summer but anyway uh make sure you connect with us all the information again will be on the podcast page ran thank you so much for doing what you're doing man and uh episode 100 is next week when we do this show right. but for now 99 is in the can and we're out of problems here is what was it jc what got the song you know uh, 99, <laughs> problems. 99 problems that's right you know the rest hey but i'm out of here i am out of here peace Peace. You've been listening to the GP3 Homies from the Block podcast. Connect via email at gp3rtt at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail 413-556-9546. Follow us on iTunes. Give us a five star. Follow us on SoundCloud. Search GP3 Homies from the Block. Special thanks to music by Millennial Nick, rap SB the G, graphics Lady J. Thanks for listening.